is good sports world. Welcome to the Family Feud Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the bad journalist, sitting here as always with my co-host, Mr. Alan Dell, aka the godfather, former Tampa Bay Bucks and NFL beat writer, jumping into our weekly best bets episode. We're going to be giving out three picks each that we like this week in week eight of the NFL season, as well as our best bets. So without further ado, Mr. Alan Dell, we're going to be talking about the Philadelphia Eagles visiting the Buffalo Bills. Your first like of three of the week, in addition to your best bet, give me your pick, Eagles at Bills. Yeah, I, as you know, I don't like the uh, the Bills. They remind me of a, a sports car garage, a car garage where you go in, you pick up a few spare parts, and you throw them in on your car like they've done with Frank Gore. So. <laughs> Bills minus two, by the way, at home yeah. right now. Well, the Eagles have their problems, especially without Deshaun Jackson, who seems to be hurt every single year. Uh, he's had the only big long-range catches this year for for the Eagles, 53 and 51 yards. So they're really hurting without him. Alshon Jeffrey is, you could say, been a disappointment. He's had one long pass in Nelson Aguilar. So what's going on? But uh, to me... Josh Allen's a bigger problem. He can run. You could say he can run. Uh, but he doesn't complete long passes. His longest completion this year was a 51-yarder. Uh, I, I, the Eagles, I mean, excuse me, the Bills are winning. They're good at home. They have a good defense. But how good is it? They played basically nobody. They played one team with a winning record. I, I just can't see them winning. I mean, they, they may go through and have a 12-and-something season because their schedule is so weak. Uh, but I like the Eagles. Uh, they they had they've been good against the run. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott last week had uh, about 100, 111 yards, but that's him. He's one of the best running backs in the league. I I just like uh, I like the Eagles to win. They need to win. They've they've lost two in a row, including last week's uh, tough loss to a division rival Dallas that always gets them up. So I'm going to go with them, and then they're going to beat the spread too. Okay, so I, well, you're you're picking them what against the spread, spread or just yeah, straight up? I'm both against the spread and spread. Okay, so what would you rather bet then? Would you rather bet them plus two, or would you rather bet the money line, or are you betting both? I'll bet the money line because I think they're going to win. Okay, so you're betting the money line on that. It's plus one twelve is what I'm looking at. So you get a little bang for your buck on that money line bet right there. And, and just talking, we talked about the Bills in our weekly buy or sell episode that we recorded earlier this week. And the Bills are a team that me and you have been split uh, split on and against each other on for the last couple of weeks. You think they're the most overrated team in the NFL. I think they're the most underrated team in the NFL. And I, I think this is arguably the second toughest matchup they've had all year, even though they're, they're facing a sub-500 team and the Eagles coming into town. But the Bills dating back to last year, I mentioned this a few times earlier in our episode this week, was that the Bills are 7-2 and two in their last nine games dating back to last year. They're, those only two losses are against the Patriots. So in a small spread like this, I, I would lean towards the Bill, Bills and their defense at home, being able to pressure Carson Wentz, who's really without any downfield threats and, and weapons, as you mentioned just now with no Deshaun Jackson. But I'm not going to bet this game uh, per se. I, I kind of like the under just because the Bills' defense and their, their offense hasn't put up any points either. Uh, I agree with you with Philly's run defense. Can Josh, the, the X factor here is can Josh Allen take advantage of a pretty porous Eagles secondary? And, and we'll see about that. I think John Brown could be due for a monster game at home in that sense right there. And you look at the Bills' schedule coming up after this game. They're playing the Redskins at home. They're at the Browns, at home against the Dolphins, at home against the Broncos. 
So they, they've got some easy games on their schedule. This is a team that could easily finish 11 and 5, 12 and 4, even 13 and 3 if things go right. Uh, I'm staying away from this game. So moving on to your second pick overall for week eight of the NFL season. Looks like you got my beloved Cincinnati Bungles at the Los Angeles Rams. Or, in, or, or, in the, yeah, the, the, the Rams. Uh, yeah, right. Not at the Rams, but in England. Maybe more of a home game for the Rams because they don't really have much of a home field advantage in Los Angeles. Uh, th- this this spread I've seen uh, kind of all over the place this week. I think it opened up around 13 and a half. Uh, two different books that I'm looking at online, BetDSI and BetOnline.ag. I see one at minus 12 and a half, one at minus 11 and a half, which kind of surprised me that went all the way down to there. Uh, what do you like? What spread are you looking at, right. and, and who do you like in this I like in this the game? Rams minus 13. Uh, Cincinnati uh, is winless. Uh, I mean, terrible combination. They have the worst run offense and the worst run defense in the league. They've been held under 35 yards rushing in four of their games. They just can't seem to get get it together. They're one-dimensional or no-dimensional, depending on how you want to look at it. I think you could say zero-dimensional is, is a, would be mean, a compliment for the Bengals right The Bengals now. head coach, Zach Taylor, was the quarterback's coach for the Rams last year. So some people say, well, that gives the, Ram, uh, the Bengals an edge. I, I don't think so. So, so who's reve- is, is it Sean McVay's revenge game for saying, hey, you shouldn't have left me and went to go coach the Bengals? Or is it Zach Taylor's revenge game saying, hey, you didn't give me the chance. I had to go leave to be a head coach elsewhere. Or is, think, is it a moot point at I this point right now? I a moot point. Zach Taylor just needs a win. He, he's doing worse than uh, Marvin Lewis did in his, what, in his 13 years or 15 years yeah, as but, a Bengals coach. I, I mean, he could be on a hottest seat going right now. Oh, uh, no, no. Let, let's not get carried away with ourselves here. They, look, Zach Taylor's not in the hot seat. The, the Bengals, most fans in this organization, myself included, in Cincinnati and elsewhere, we don't want our team to win right now. Why, why would I want my Bengals to win a game right now? I want them to finish 0-16. I, you need to sometimes hear – you used to uh, work in some uh, rehab clinics back in the day, Mr. Allen Doe. you familiar with the phrase rock bottom? I, I want the Bengals the, – the, the Bengals are like a bad drug to me right now as a sports fan. I want them to hit rock bottom so, well, they, can, so they can rehabilitate themselves and get to a tag of I low in the draft. How about this stat? Uh, they, they're averaging 53.1 yards – Per game on the ground, that's last in the league, so that's rock bottom. Yeah, everything's terrible about the Bengals. There's no, there's nothing going for them right now. Now you got Jalen Ramsey with the Los Angeles Rams potentially covering the Bengals' only half halfway decent weapon in Tyler Boyd. So what? So Alex Erickson's going to get 20 catches. Look, I'll give the Bengals credit on this: is that you think they're so terrible, but if you actually look at it. They've been close in most of their games. They lost by 10 points last week to the Jaguars, but that's because Andy Dalton threw like seven interceptions in the last 20 seconds. I mean, I'm exaggerating there, obviously, but look, look at a couple pass scores I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. The Bengals were at the Ravens two weeks ago. They only lost by six, so Ravens didn't cover. They only lost by three to the Cardinals. Then they only lost by four points to the Bills before that. And in week one, they lost to the Seahawks by one on the road. So this is a sneaky kind of bad team that 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 kind of puts up points in garbage time and, and has been keeping things close but i agree with i mean look the rams are going to win this game i'd be shocked if it if there was any other outcome you know you know Bengals. i would i'd rather pick a tie than the Bengals to win outright just because that's how down i am on cincinnati but um this is this is a, a pick that i like if you tease the Rams spread so if you got them at minus 13 you want to do a six or seven point teaser you can tease that spread down to rams minus six and that, that's a spread that I would feel definitely comfortable with is picking the Rams to win by a touchdown. 
uh, or more than a t- uh, by a touchdown or more, should I say, paired with another bet that I like. But to me, 12 and a half, 13, ugh, I-, I just can't do it, especially not with my personal bias involved as a Bengals fan. So you got the Rams minus 13. I'm staying away from that game too. That's all right there. I hope the Bengals lose. We'll see if they cover or not. All right, so jumping into your third like of the week, week eight of the NFL season, you're giving out your three picks. I'm giving out my three picks, and we're each giving our best bets of the week. So four picks in total for each of us here on the Family Feud Football Podcast Best Bets episode. Broncos plus five at the Indianapolis Colts. But you like the favorite in this one. You like the Colts and your boy, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I, didn't, I, I saw a white flag come up after uh... – the Broncos traded Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers. Uh, so that's an indication. John Elway, the great John Elway, seems to be a li- little under fire there, even though no one seems to know who's in charge in Denver. Colts, they just win. I mean, they've yet to win or lose a game by more than one score. With, uh, yeah, that's an interesting stuff right there. Yeah, so – and I think that the Denver is kind of uh, – maybe they're slamming for two or, or whoever is down here, Justin Herbert, or now uh, – Joe Burrow seems to be the number one person for a lot of people as far as the NFL quarterback draft coming up in April. Uh, Bumbling for Burrows. Is that the one? I don't know. I'm just making it up. You kidding me? Improvise on the fly here. So you like the Colts to win this game? You you got them. I mean, they got to win by six or more for you to win this bet. You like Colts plus five? Yeah, I do. I just think they have they they just do enough right things to win games. In Denver, uh, we don't know where they are now. They're they just tanking or they just don't have it. I mean, yeah, I, I just think the whole front office situation with Elway is a complete fiasco. Obviously, great player, but you know, op, whatever the opposite of great is, I, I don't I don't know what the exact word is right now. I gotta look at the source.com or something, but it's pretty. Pretty freaking bad with John Elway running the show there. If, if you're if you're a six foot five, six foot six quarterback who can't move and scramble out of the pocket, then John John Elway's gonna love you. Whether it's Paxton Lynch, whether it's Joe Flacco, I mean Case Keenum last year was probably the outlier there. But I, I mean, look just look at Joe Flacco's face and watch any of the highlights from last week's game against the Chiefs, and, and you'll see that even without Mahomes, the Broncos were completely annihilated at home. So forget about the home field advantage they even had. Now they're going on the road to Indianapolis. Um, it, it's, it's just not looking good there. The, my only hesitation in this bet, and the reason why I haven't made it yet or probably won't make it, is that a couple weeks ago one of the picks I really like was the Colts at home against the Raiders, and the Colts were minus six in that game. And they lost outright to the Oakland Raiders 31-24. to And look, maybe the Raiders are a little better than what we thought, but – I'm still a little bitter in my heart from the Colts blowing that game. I had them in some teaser bets. I had them in some parlay picks. And I just can't get back on the wagon yet with the Annapolis Colts. And it's looking like I'm going to lose my over-under 9.5 season win total bet with the Colts right now. Because if they win this game, they're going to be 5-2. and two. Then they got the Steelers, Dolphins, Jaguars, Texans, Titans. I mean, I would say definitely they're beating the Dolphins out of that group. And the rest might be toss-ups. But... They're winning close games because they got a great head coach. They got a great offensive line, and sometimes those two things can carry you a long way. All right, so we're gonna. You, you got your three likes out of the way. I'm gonna go into my three likes right now this week. So far, games that I've already placed wagers on, and and one of them here is the New York Jets, and at and they're at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And depending on where you see the line right now, um, I bet it earlier in the week at the Jets plus seven. I see plus six and a half. I've seen plus six. Sometimes what I like to do is I like to buy the extra half point. I see it at six and a half. I get it plus seven because a percentage of games that actually end at a final score at, at seven points is such a high margin. That's why they call it the, 
it happens at such a high rate, should I say, and that's why they call it a key number. And I'm willing to lose a little bit. So let's say if I bet, hypothetically bet $10 and I'm going to win $9.50 on average spread, I'll be willing to take that down to $9.25 and lose a quarter if it means getting that plus seven as opposed to plus six and a half or plus six. So anyways, without getting too much into that, I just think um, we, uh, one big thing that we talked about a few weeks back was not overreacting to things that happen, especially in primetime games, these island games as they call it. And I think people are going to overreact to the Jets getting completely torn to shreds against the Patriots, the way Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts out there mic'd up. I, I know you didn't like that, Mr. Allendale there, but – I think I think I think it's gonna things are gonna be okay. Look, Daniel Jones looked terrible against the Patriots. Baker Mayfield looked absolutely terrible against the Patriots. They make quarterbacks look terrible. If you're a average quarterback, even with some potential, like a Baker Mayfield, like a Daniel Jones, like a Sam Donald, you could group these guys all in the same kind of bunch. They're young quarterbacks with upside who teams have invested high draft picks in. Look, they're, they they've been competent against other competition. And Sam Darnold doesn't have to face the Patriots this week. And I think because of that, this is going to be a very competitive game, maybe one of the more competitive games on the slate. And I think the spread is absolutely way too big. I do not think you factor in home field advantage, which means basically we're saying that, what, at plus seven, I don't think the Jaguars are four points better as a team on a neutral field than the New York Jets are. So, I mean, look, I think the Jets are going to bounce back in a major way. I think they could even win this game outright. I don't, don't get me wrong. I love Gardner Minshew. I love the mustache. But... Uh, I think this is a close game decided by a field goal or less, so I'm very comfortable taking the Jets plus six. I got them at plus seven earlier in the week. Another game that I like right now, and, and this is a this is a game that I've I've seen off the board, I've seen on the board. Right now, it looks like Matt Ryan is trending towards not playing in the Seahawks at the Falcons, and I was able to snag a line at Seahawks minus six and a half, which means the Seahawks just got to beat a Matt Schaub team by seven or more points for me to win that bet. So I really like Seahawks minus six and a half. They're in a major bounce back spot after after really getting killed at home against the Ravens last week. I, th- I think they're going to be ready and motivated to win this game and get back in the win column and prove the six and two as opposed to falling to five and three, especially with the 49ers ahead of them in that division. The Falcons, you talk about a team that's given up and, and not necessarily tanking for a quarterback, but their head coach is, is the hottest seat out of probably any sport in the entire country right now. Dan Quinn, he could be fired any second at this point. And whether, whether it's Matt Ryan Matt Ryan on a bad ankle or whether it's Matt Schaub in there, I, I like the Seahawks to win this game by a touchdown or more. So minus six and a half, I, I might place another wager or two on that one if I still see that spread sitting around six and a half, seven points. I really like Seahawks at Falcons. Not my best bet, though. We'll get into that in a second. The third game here, and, and I'm going to uh, combine this into your best bet, is the Carolina Panthers. This is the third game that I like this week. Is the Carolina Panthers at the San Francisco 49ers. And I, and I like the Panthers if you can get them plus six at San Francisco. I think this is a game that the Panthers can win outright on the road. And we talked about this as we, we broke down in our buy or sell episode this week. We broke down contenders and pretenders. And what does that mean? It, it means that we're talking about every single team in the NFL that's two games above 500 or more. And, and that's 10 teams out of 32. And you know what's funny is I was going through that episode the other day, and, and we actually said almost every single team in that list of 10 is a contender. You know, the only team that we said pretender on was the 49ers. Both of us agreed on that, that they were pretenders. So I think they're at home. 
they're undefeated. I, I think that undefeated stand might even end this week. But even if it doesn't, this is a team with two really good defenses, with two more game manager type of quarterbacks. I, I don't see Kyle Allen or Garoppolo really pushing the ball downfield all too much. Sanders is on the Niners now in his first game. Does it really make a difference at this point? I don't think so. Not enough to move the line, in my opinion. I like the Panthers plus six in this game, and I believe this is also your best bet, Mr. Allen. Yeah, you take I took the Panthers. Game? I got five and a half, okay. so, but I'll take the six. Yeah. Wait, a couple of interesting stats about this game. You talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers quarterback. He, he's really just been mediocre, and I look at a couple of stats. In the last four games, the Panthers have 23 sacks and forced 14 turnovers. Yeah, they is got it, a really good defense. I, I secondary is great, yeah, too. I, I, everybody talks about the 49ers, you know, allowing only 64 points this season, which is the fewest through six games of franchise history since 76. But come on, the uh, Panthers have a good defense. Ron Rivera's always been noted for defense, yeah. even in uh, – some of the lean seasons that they have. Yeah, I mean, their defense really struggled last year, but th- th- we're, we're halfway into this year. It's all about this year right now. And, and you're right, the Panthers have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Dra- James Bradbury is one of the best cover corners in the NFL. And, and the 49ers don't really have any receivers you got to worry about. So if, if Bradbury, all he has to worry about is covering, Ma- covering Emmanuel Sanders. And there, if you get the pre- if you get pressure on Garoppolo, he- he's pretty shaky. He's shown to be shaky under pressure in, in past games in his career. And this is going to be the real the real first test that the 49ers have had. I mean, I think people are still overreacting to that game where they went and beat Los Angeles on the road and 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 made the and and really embarrassed the Rams, made them really look bad in that game. But I've been saying all year the Rams are the most overrated team in the NFL. So I, I'm while while I respect the win and the defensive display they put on in that game, by no means do I think this 49ers uh, squad is an elite team. Here's a one interesting stat you want to might make you a little nervous, 49ers fans. Robbie Gould, their kicker, has already <laughs> missed seven field goals this season. Terrible. That was crazy. That's a terrible, terrible thing. I think he's missed at least one field goal in every single yeah. game. Oh, because I'm looking at the fantasy waiver wire week to week, and in one of the leagues that I'm in, he's been available the last couple weeks, and, and he's projected to score like 10 points a week. But I look, I'm, I I see that he's missing one or two field goals, or yeah. sometimes three field goals, and I don't I don't know about that, man. Yeah, I'm a little, that, that's that's an interesting point to bring up in a potentially close game. And they've made at a home, for they've sure. made a change with their long snapper. Is that going to do anything? Or is that just to clear Robbie Gould's head? I, I yeah, don't know. that's that's a, that's a good point right there. I think that might be more of a mental thing for the kicker for sure, and not putting the blame on him. But he's been with that team for for at least a few yeah, years. Yeah, he got now. a big contract for yeah. year nineteen. So he held out. I, I was going to frame when a kicker gets a big contract, it's like they can rest easy a little bit, and and, and they might not have the same mental edge that they had in the past. So. That home Holding out, he's suffering from the Melvin Gordon disease, I think. What's that? Uh, well, that, that, that's another story for another day, right there. So that's your best bet, and that's a bet that I'm betting that I'm betting as well. It's a bet that I like as the Panthers. I got him. I got the. I, I bought the extra half point plus instead of plus five and a half. I got him plus six because so many NFL games final scores end on three, six, and seven, right? So the fact is, if the 49ers win by six points, I won't lose money. It'll be a push, right? So that's why I'm willing to get the extra half point up to plus six, just to cover myself on that end. And let me get into my best bet here. And and, and um, I'm patting myself on the back. I'm getting pumped up because I'm trying to keep up my, my, my best bet winning streak here. We started doing this best bets podcast episode every week. We started in week four. We got a late start to the NFL season for podcasting this year, but this is a little different than what we did last year. The last couple of years, actually, we did our NFL quick picks where we picked every single game against the spread. 
I think it's a the, not necessarily irrelevant, but I, I think it's a little bit better to actually talk about games you feel strongly about or willing to put money on. So I, I think you and I have, have evolved a little bit in that aspect, Mr. Allendale. I wouldn't say that we're sharps by any means, but I think we're, we're, we, we, we wouldn't each mind trying to get to that point in, in our respective uh, sports betting careers. Let's, let's put it that way. So I'm going to give out my best bet. I'm going to try to stay undefeated here on the best bets on the season. And my best bet this week, I brought it up on the podcast earlier, and, and this isn't a bet that you're going to necessarily win the lottery on or, or, or cash out big on. But like I said, if, if you knew there was a guaranteed way to win money, would you bet $100 to win $40? That, that, that's, that's the question I asked you. And you said, sure, why not? And I said, okay, well, take the Vikings, the Rams, and the Steelers on a money line parlay. And look, we're recording this podcast after Thursday. But the reason why I'm bringing it up as my best bet is because I brought it up on our last episode is the Vikings, Rams, and Steelers, all three teams, they just need to win outright because the Vikings beat the Redskins last night, the Rams are beating the Bengals on Sunday, the Steelers are beating the Dolphins on Monday. And if you bet $100, you win $40. To me, that is free money because most times with favorites that convincing to win their games, you won't be able to get a, uh, a number even that high. Usually it's like bet 100 to win 10 to win 10 and that's something that people do out there i'm not willing to do something like that i'm willing to bet 50 bucks to win 20 if i think it's a guarantee and look i know there are no guarantees in this world especially in betting the nfl but that's my that's my best bet of the week vikings Rams, steelers money line parlay bet 50 to win 20 bet 100 to win 40 however you want to chop it if you got a bet that you really like in terms of a team that can win outright take the rams and the steelers and that third team i'm telling you those two those teams are not losing to the dolphins and Bengals. This week, it's not happening. Well, that's going to wrap up here, our weekly Family Feud football podcast, Best Bets episode. Any final words, Mr. Allen? No, I'll be heading back to Sicily to take care of my family. Other than that, you got, you got to take care of the bookies first. They're coming after you with these best bet losses, man. Nice. You, 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 got to start, you, got, you got to start catching up to me in the win column here. So. Yeah, i put some bars on my window. Okay, well, so well, that, that does it here. Week 8 of the NFL season coming up. We'll be back next week with our weekly buy or sell episode and another Best Bets episode. Until then, have a great weekend. Peace out. She's about to get your ass in the trap. <laughs> <laughs>
the family feuding. Baby mama drama, got the family losing. Smoking backwards, out the front door fuming. I was just a student, now you look like foodie. Yeah. Hunger got me moving. I was starving too. I never bothered, but I could have been a Harvard student. I was hardly stupid, but I was young and foolish. On some ways to use family feuding. Let me ask something, Miss Earth, because I ain't never asked Kentucky. What is it that you love about me? You tall, you bald, 